Hello and welcome to the Maps Communications 2020 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archive and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Eve Watson, Head of Archives at the Royal Society for the Encouragement of Arts, Manufacturers and Commerce, otherwise known as RFA. Eve, would you like to introduce yourself and how you came to be where you are today? Yes, well, I actually joined the Society uh, as a relief archivist on a two-month contract. That was almost nine years ago. And um, I've been there ever since. Um, it's a fantastic archive and it's, it's a really good organisation to work for. I'm a professional archivist and I've been an archivist now for ooh, in excess of 20 years. So how do you spend an average day in your current role? Right, an average day in my current role is it usually starts with checking the emails. Um, because we do get a lot of requests uh, from international researchers, academics, students, we also get uh, requests from staff. And so the first thing we do is we check what areas we're going to have to source information. I split it between my assistants myself and that's, that's the first task. So what type of material um, do you deal with in the archive, both in terms of physical format and, and its content? Well, to begin with, the material in the archive is, um, is, is very, very diverse. Uh, you name it, we've probably got it. It covers the, from the society's founding, founded by William Shipley in 1754, and it goes right up to the present day. So it, it, it's all the usual suspects. We have, um, we have an early library collection of about 600 books, which was originally about 6,000. Um, and they cover aspects that the society was interested in um, over about a hundred year period when we first started. We have minutes from the first meeting onwards to the present day. We have uh, what we call our transactions and we have huge amount of letters which cover all sorts of subjects. When we started, um, William Shipley set up a thing called the Premium Award Scheme, which covered six categories. Now, pe people always associate us with art because it's in our title, but actually the six categories were much more um, wide ranging than that. They did cover art, we called it the polite arts, we call it the polite arts still, although it covered fine arts and the decorative arts but it covers other subjects such as agriculture and chemistry, colonies and trade, manufactures and mechanics. So the material that we have for the first hundred years is very broad, it's very rich, and it's, it's a really fascinating part of the archive. So that's kind of um, a sort of how, how they viewed sort of art in the Renaissance, where it's, it's interconnected with um, other spheres of learning. It's not just specifically painting or anything like that. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, the polite arts section was quite specific. William Shipley, who was a, a, an art master and a drawing master, he felt that we were lagging behind the, um, the continent in our standards of drawing and painting. So he literally decided that the awards that were going to be given in, in the polite arts would be given to young people. So we had categories between 14 and 18, 18, 21, 21, 24. And this was to encourage an improvement in actual drawing and painting. 
painting, but he also offered awards, honorary awards, to uh, particularly young ladies who came from well-to-do or titled families. And this was not that, you know, okay, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of women at that time did um, watercolour painting and drawings, but this was not to increase their level of skill, it was actually to um, produce patrons of the arts. That's really forward thinking then. Yeah. Um, that was written, I think, in, in the first the first of the documents that were produced by the Society. Oh, wow. So who kind of accesses your archives nowadays then? Well, it's a mixture of uh, international academics, writers, television production companies, um, of course, students. Um, we provide uh, a lot of material for students um, dissertations, people who are doing their students doing their PhD, etc. And of course, we provide material for staff. Um, when staff set out on doing or working on a project, we look for precedents within the archive and see if any of them are a, a useful starting point for the, for the research that the interns and etc. You're involved then in cross-referencing and stuff like that. So obviously PhDs, you have, you kind of look at it and you put a proposal. Are you involved in that kind of thing? So you can kind of make or break a student's career, like what they want to. You can tell them, no, it's been done before. Well, we can advise. We don't get involved. Our, our main involvement, I would say, is finding material that fits with the uh, subject matter that they're writing their dissertation on. We can give advice, but we really don't get involved with what students, we have a good idea what the student is looking for, but, but we're, we're not going to sort of say, um, well, we think you should do it this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the most kind of interesting things you've been asked for? <sighs> That's a difficult one because we get asked so many different across so many different topics. As I explained, the amount of categories that we have within the archive, it can be anything from um, why did somebody come to London at a particular date? Did they visit the RSA? And were they actually in London on that date? Um, because um, somebody wanted to know if the, the most internationally renowned person on um, making a uh, designing the, the crayons that we use at the time, the pastel crayons. Um, a gentleman came over from Switzerland, I believe, and someone was producing a, a, a piece on him, but there was a gap, there was a gap in his diary. They didn't know what he was doing. They felt he could have been in London. And we did the background research. And we actually found in our minutes that he actually came to the house. We have a huge write-up on it. And he actually tested a British version of the pastels and agreed that they were of equal um, standard to the Swiss pastels. So we were able to fill in a hole that had been sitting there for almost 200 years. What a coup. Are there any particular challenges you would say with uh, managing this archive? We're a hosted archive and that invariably can raise issues. Fortunately, um, the archive is, is in a, a very good position within the organisation. Um, we 
when I first arrived, there was a feeling that we were going to end up being siloed. That fortunately has not happened. Um, we are a valuable part of the society. We do work with the staff and we work with our fellows and we have in excess of 3, 30,000 fellows. And so um, I think that was the one thing that uh, concerned me most when I arrived. The other thing is obviously archives are very much under-resourced. There's only myself and I have an assistant archivist who's a newly qualified archivist, but I've only had her this year. So we've been running the archive really with myself as a lone archivist and a lot of archives are under that situation. Um, it, it is quite difficult because obviously you can't undertake the size of projects and the amount of work that you'd like to. Um, can you explain what a hosted archive means for you rather than otherwise? Well, we are part of an organisation um, and we are only here because the organisation is prepared to have their history ordered and to have their, um, their information available. Um, and, and available to the general public. So we are part, we are within an organisation. If the organisation decided we don't need the archive, they'd be perfectly within their rights to say, we don't need the archive, we'll box it up or, or to give it out to another institution to, to uh, look after. So that's exactly what it means. Okay. Are you based in London itself then? Yes. Yes, although as you can see, I'm uh, working from home. Yes. Um, in fact, the house reopened this morning for the first time in 15 weeks, and the staff are on a structured get in and get out um, so that we, we don't have too many people in the house at any given time. How, how big is your collection? How much space does it take in, in, in the site you are at? We have um, one large strong room that holds a um, collection of oil paintings and prints on uh, rolling racks. Um, we then have quite a large amount of um, shelving, static shelving. And then we have a smaller strong room that holds rolling racks, which means we can get a lot more material into a smaller space. So, and then of course we have the archive office. So we actually have quite a sizable chunk yeah. And we're not in the basement. What are your hopes for the future of the archive then? Well, my hopes are that I can future-proof future the archive. Um, we're very much, and I have been very much since I've, I've been at the archive, uh, working with digital because um, everything that's created gets to a certain point where it disintegrates or starts to become um, a non-viable item to be handled. So what we need to do is we need to um, make sure that we have visual representations of everything and that we, um, where, I mean, we have tens of thousands of letters, probably half a million, um, we need to make sure that we have a scan of the original so that people can see signatures and they can see the, the way the letter is laid out. But also we're working, um, we're just hopefully next year going to start a, a major project, 
where we're hoping that we can transcribe the letters, transcribe our minutes, which are obviously, again, handwritten, and um, basically extract the information. And we're, we're putting our, um, our digital images into a digital repository in the hope that that will be, um, these are our preservation masters, the hope is that this will preserve the digital versions and that means that we don't have to, in fact, handle the physical quite as much as we have been. Mm -hmm. Are you still adding to the archive then? We add material because an archive is a collection of material relating to the day-to-day um, the -day, um, business, etc. of an organisation. The organisation is still very, very active, although in different ways to when we started. And the aim is that uh, we take the material in really as a uh, record management material, but we reappraise and then materials that we do want to keep in perpetuity, we will then put into the digital repository because the majority of the material I'm receiving currently is digital, is born digital or surrogates. So your archive, even though people might think of you as Royal Society of Arts incorrectly, um, but it, it, you don't actually kind of have, you know, walls and walls of paintings and stuff like that. It's all kind of smaller information filled items. We, we do have paintings. In fact, we, the Great Room uh, includes a series, uh, a, a painted series of paintings, almost a mural by James Barry, um, which goes around the whole of the room. We also have paintings that we have commissioned over the years. We have a um, Justin Mortimer painting of the Queen, which is on show. Um, but then we have material that we obviously, it's much more archival. We have paintings that at various times we commissioned of our various presidents and secretaries, etc. So we, have, we do have quite a few paintings. We also have obviously all the artwork from the uh, Polite Arts, from the Premium Awards Scheme. And um, we've had, I'd say about 90% of that uh, scanned and that's all going to go into our new catalogue which we're very excited about. What in your opinion is the most interesting item you have? What, what takes your fancy? That's a really difficult one because it kind of depends, it kind of depends on what, 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 what we're working on at any given time. Um, we have some amazing original material from the founding of the society, which, and, which is really very interesting. We have some very interesting letters. In fact, the most requested letter is a letter that um, Karl Marx, who was a fellow, sent to the society asking what time the library opens. <laughs> and it's amazing how many people, even though the actual content is so thin, how many people want to see that letter. Yeah, infamous. Um, and then we have, we have a vast amount of material that's come from what we call um, the public. And when William Shipley set up the society, his first, one of his first documents he wrote was called To the Public, with a K. Um, and we've always had material in the archives that doesn't come from the high and the mighty, uh, it doesn't come from anybody with a title, it just comes from people who aligned with um, our ethos and wanted to be part of what we were doing. And in the competition we had all sorts of amazing um, projects going on. 
in fact, one of the, the nicest set of letters, which I, I always like to bring out when people come in, is a set of letters from a lady who, who lived in the middle of the country. Um, she was a postmistress, and we had asked for people to cultivate silkworms so that we could make our own silk. Um, and she wrote these wonderful letters, and she called the silkworms her babies. And she used to put them in front of the fire at night. And you just read the letters and it just takes you to a different world. It's wonderful. That sounds incredible, <laughs> if slightly insane. Um, <laughs> um, how does your archive fit in terms of the organisation? Obviously, you're still giving out awards and things like that. Uh, do you support other teams with that? We do. Um, we support the Student Design Award team. Um, we hold on to material. Uh, the Student Design Awards is the name it has at the moment, but it's been under various names since 1924. And basically, um, these are design awards in lots of different categories. So we may ask for something in textile design or ceramics or, or something else. And um, so we are the keepers of that material and we do get involved to a slightly small degree um, with um, the actual uh, you know, deciding who's going to get the awards. And the other, the other medals, um, obviously they're organized with the organization, but we do hold them um, have copies of them so that we can uh, have conversations when people come in about the awards that we do give out. In fact, we have quite a large collection of medals. Okay. And you mentioned that you've got projects for transcription and you want to do more digitization, but do you have any other projects going on, maybe in terms of um, sort of accessibility or putting on exhibitions or lending things out? Usually material goes out on request by another organisation. We quite often lend material to people like V&A and we've recently had material at the Barhouse exhibition in Nottingham. We, at the moment, we're not uh, initiating any major exhibitions. Um, we have a lot going on in the house and it, it doesn't quite, it wouldn't quite fit with, with the other things that are going on. But, um, we do work, um, we, we, we produce uh, videos and um, visual material that I can take out if I go out to do a talk somewhere or if somebody else is doing a talk on our behalf they can have it or we can send it out to somebody. So um, it tends to be much more something that, that is, is digital. You are based, the house is based in Covent Garden, is that right? Uh, we're just off the Strand. Okay. The street. Yeah. And you've just had a refurbishment, is that correct? One of many. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get involved uh, in that? Do you have um, papers for how, I mean, yes, yes. I, I, I hold all the, all the records of the various changes to the property since, we've, since we actually moved in. We moved into the house in 1774 and we have paperwork prior to that. We have the original Adam, Brother, uh, Adam Brothers plans. It's very difficult to say that. Uh, the Adam Brothers plans um, in the archive. And obviously we have lots of documents um, relating to how we've expanded 
from the original building that they built for us into the next property and then into the next property, etc. So we now uh, have the whole of the end of the block. That, that's all ours now. Oh, wow. So you put in a big, big community sort of art, artistic style cafe that's supposed to be very fancy. So it's not a direct, um, shall we say, um, time, you know, keeping a period of how the house is built or anything like that. You have modernised and things like that. Oh, we have modernised, yes. You will find a series of facsimile prints from the archive actually in the coffee shop. Um, because one of the rooms was originally one of the strong rooms. We've, lit, we've moved across the, um, the corridor. Oh, okay. So, uh, so, yeah, so you'll still find. And our RDIs, our role designers of industry, which um, was a faculty of, of the society, I, I hold early material on them. And they have a space at the, the far end of the house, which is quite a nice space and they can arrange exhibitions of their work and um, it's, it's, it's basically known as the RDI space. I mean, everyone can use it, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's specifically held material from the RDI. Oh, that's very interesting. You should come and have a look when it reopens. I probably. will when it reopens, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got, uh, you can, normally, anyway, you can visit the archive on site um but is there anywhere else you would point people um in terms of website or um if you've got an instagram account or anything like that you want to showcase well we're in we're in the process of a, a major rebranding which is going to probably I, I would imagine by the fall we, we should be out the other side of it so at the moment, um, we're running with materials that we've had for the last few years. Um, we have a website, obviously, um, quite an active RSA website. We have a space on there, which is uh, pages for the archive, and I've got various bits of material on there. And from there, there's a link through to the current catalogue, and there will be a link through to the new catalogue. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And we have, you know, the RSA has Facebook and Instagram accounts, which we can add material to if, if we need to. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing to talk to me today, Eve. Very interesting to hear how much you have on site. I mean, it must be a chock a block with interesting items. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. the well, you say it's a problem for some reason. No, it's not really a problem. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Thank you very much.